I'm recording already, by the way. Hey, Jordo. Good to have you with us. Hey, and Rach is jumping in with some commenting. Appreciate her sticking up for me. No, I won't. Hey. I won't be nice to him. It's listen fine. to the woman. Women always know what they're talking mm. about. No, they're always right. That's not necessarily the same thing. <laughs> Too bad Emmeline hasn't jumped in yet. She could see me standing up for women. Actually, probably, thank goodness, because I'd be screwed. <laughs> so, good to see you. Yeah. We, uh, I don't know, we're, we're at time. I suppose we could just get started. We got good stuff to talk about here today. Why not? Hi there, and welcome to Fantasy for the Ages, the show where father and son sit down and talk about some stuff in a fantasy book. I'm the son of that equation, Zach. And I'm the father, Jim. Stuff? That's what we talk about? Stuff? Stuff. Okay, stuff it is. At least it is today. And those of you listening to this, if you like the stuff you hear about today, we encourage you to tell people about it. Find us wherever you listen to your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, for example, and give us a star rating. We still only have six people who've done that for us. And we've got thousands and thousands of downloads, but we're just being used, son. Just used. So hopefully someone will say, hey, I want to give a little back and, and I'll give you a five star rating. That We would appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, that really helps people to know about us. Give us a review, too, if you'd like. And if, you know... You give us a review that doesn't say, you know, profanity and that we're awful, we'll probably read it online. And if you really are inspired to go just a little bit farther, you can find us on Patreon and become a financial supporter and participate in the podcast in a deeper way, such as, as we'll have people with us here in the live recording today, those are all Patreon supporters. Mm. All right, that's just some of the business stuff out of the way first. How are you doing, Dad? I'm doing great. It's good to be home. Not weather-wise, necessarily. I was down in Phoenix the last four days, and it was really pleasant in Phoenix. Oh, so it was much warmer. It was, uh, yeah, highs in the 70s, lows in the 50s. It was nice. It was dry. Here, it's wet and rainy, and, you know, we're in the, well, it's 39 degrees outside. No snow, (laughs) but it's still, it's typical winter in the Pacific Northwest. But it was nice to get back and sleep in my own bed last night. That's always nice after a road trip. Always is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How are you doing, son? I'm doing well. Um, been keeping busy. Anyone who's currently here, our Patreons who are live, can see that I'm still wearing my scrubs because I got off work and got home. And like 15 minutes later, we're recording. So I haven't really settled in and changed all the way. But besides keeping actively busy and doing things, I've been fine. Nothing uh, crazy or strange, really. All right. I couldn't tell they were your scrubs, so I'm glad you pointed it out. Yeah, I I mean, now that you mentioned it, I'm going, oh, yeah, yeah, those were scrubs. But they could have been something else. It could have been your, I don't know, your Spock uniform or something. I, I don't know. What? You don't have a Spock uniform? No. <laughs> All right. Well, I see. Okay, you haven't been home very long, but you had time to get a drink because I saw you drink something a moment well, ago. Well, I had time to set things up while Rach made me a drink. Oh, I hope you said thank you. Uh, yes. 
so it is a mixture of like some little flavored vodka things we picked up the other day and some mango rum and some sprite but we've got some blueberry acai and pomegranate and then mango rum and it's honestly just a flavor bomb of different fruits (laughs) but i'm kind of enjoying it okay well as long as you're happy i'm happy are you drinking something tonight dad i am but i did not make a watt tail this time because after we're done recording i'm going on to somebody else's podcast and doing some youtube video and i wanted to make sure i still was fully cognizant unlike when we do a back-to-back i figure i should be higher on my game for him so see i I always think the second episode (laughs) is better because we've been drinking a little oh man i'm recording i'm not recording i'm editing still our last time that we did a back-to-back and i could tell Mm -hmm. That second Ileana iced tea was hitting. <laughs> so so I, I don't want to do that to someone when I'm a guest on a podcast. So I am simply drinking a nice Chardonnay Gilded Letter is the name of it from the Alexander Valley, California. It's kind of adjacent to the Napa Valley. Okay. Simple, pleasant, still alcohol. I mean, I have standards, but it's nothing over the top. By kind of adjacent, do you mean it's also still in northern california yes yeah because that's a very big region you know you got the napa valley and the sonoma valley and everybody's heard of them and then you got alexander valley which feels inferior because nobody knows them but it's by napa yay what's a name man alexander valley no we do not reference that musical (laughs) only because you can't understand it (laughs) exactly Though I obviously could tell you were referencing it. Jordo, I like what you're thinking. My my gilded letter. He sees it as a reference to a character that he spoiler tagged. So I'm not going to say it out loud just in case that spoilers <laughs> for people. <laughs> okay. Very little bit of additional notage for today. Okay. One, we had some incredible downloads this week. One day, we were almost 550 single-day downloads. That's crazy. Because Brandon Sanderson kind of referenced us. I mean, not directly. It was by association that we are one of the podcasts, content creators involved with the Wada Holiday live stream, charity live stream supporting his Lightweaver Foundation. But he shouted out that event, and we're in there. So... Mm -hmm. He vaguely kind of might know we exist, which is pretty cool. Well, he put up on the screen of his YouTube channel at that point a image of all the content creators. So our name was there on Brandon Sanderson's YouTube update. To me, that doesn't necessarily say he put it up there. It just got up there on his... I don't know how personal of a hand he has in it. Oh, I think he takes somewhat of a hand. I don't know. But all I do know is within 12 hours of that, our, our... downloads skyrocketed so that was trust cool. me if we had a guy for editing i th- i think we'd be using him <laughs> i've got a dad for editing <laughs> so you do have a guy for editing and you are using him yeah thanks <laughs> okay the other thing is something from our last recording for wheel of time we had a yes. reference to harry potter we were yeah. thinking of that that bowl that memories the memory are in, thing and you can get it back out and i looked it up cuz you were like i think it starts with a p uh, and we couldn't pull it out of our heads but you were right i definitely had 
I had the first three letters correct. Yes, it is a pensive. Okay, a pensive. And and there you go. So. Pen, pensive. I think it's a pen, pensive. Cause isn't, no, you're isn't pen, that you're, a sev? You're pensive about things. A sev. But is they what definitely. The, how do you say that? I want to say in oh, at least movie. Now we found the right word pensive. and we're going to argue about the pronunciation. That is our quality podcast for you. Yep. Whoops. <laughs> All right. I appreciate that I see in, in the Discord that your girlfriend did try to get Brandon Sanderson to listen to our podcast for your birthday, but hasn't heard back. We'll keep trying. All right. That's All the right. first I heard of that, so. No other notes. So let's jump into our content on the Wheel of Time today, shall we? Let's do it. Where are we starting? Chapter 45 of The Dragon Reborn, which is called <gasps> Camelin. If you remember... I wonder where they are. <laughs> nice. When we st- left off, we had these chapters that were mostly parents' point of view, but then right at the end, we shifted to a little bit with Matt and Tom. You know, just some minor thing where a whole bunch of people tried to kill Matt again. That's all. I mean, just just a little bit of casual murder. It's fine. And according to Tom, that was just after Matt had tried to kill them himself by playing around with the fireworks in front of the fire. Whoops. Yeah. And it ended with... Okay, I guess we're not going to get any rest because people want to kill us. We need to get rid of this stinking letter from Elaine, so let's go. And they rode all the way through the night to get to Camelin. So this picks up when they are arriving early morning. Sun's already up, but it's definitely still morning as they ride in through the gates into Camelin. They, and more importantly, their horses pulled an overnighter. Poor horses. Yes. Yes, and they're feeling it a little bit. But Matt's not too bad, because his focus is on two things here. One, he just wants to be done, you know, so I'm going to get rid of this letter. But he's also kind of excited to be back in a great city. And as he's looking at this place, Camelin, as he arrives, he's realizing, I know I've been here before, Mm -hmm. but I don't really recognize much of this. It's almost like it's the first time. Everything's vague. Why is that, Zach? Why is his memories all... Hinky dinky. Well, I liken it to if you like get blackout drunk and then go somewhere and then come back in the light of day, you don't have any memory of ever being there because you had something in your system. Similarly, Matt had something in his system called uh, a dagger. That Shatter Logos influence was kind of messing with him. And the last time he was here was one of the worst points in that time period. So what little bit he did see he doesn't really remember like at all. Yeah. Now, this is actually then a masterful trick that Robert Jordan as a writer used. So when we come into Camelin again, he gets to completely redescribe it all over Fresh for us because it's fresh for Matt. And we're not going to actually do that. Yeah. No. We're not going to no, bother to repeat um... that. <laughs> no, no. You already got it back in the eye of the world. Look, Robert Jordan, <laughs> he wrote a lot and we love it. But also, when he describes things, he writes a lot. So just go to the chapter if you want to read it, revisit it. It's a beautiful description. We'll leave it at that. That's right. Chapter 45. All we'll say here now that should be sufficient is that Camelin, as one of the great cities of the world, is great. It's great. Matt does note recalling previously that the city was too noisy, but he doesn't feel that way anymore. Again, you know, his messed upness from the dagger. Everything was ugh. Mm -hmm. Now he just loves it, though. 
It feels like what, Zach? What does it feel like to him now? Money. Opportunity. Yes. Really? All the hustle and bustle, and he's thinking of all the coin he could win off some gambling games here. Mm-hmm. This meshes well with the fact that he wants to get rid of Elaine's letter quickly. Like, he wants to head right to the castle now, the palace, and just be done with it, because then he can move on with living life to the fullest. Yep. We'll walk up, we'll drop it on the floor, we'll walk out, and then just, like, go to an inn where we can drink and gamble. Sounds like the life to Matt. Tom's like, you know, we've kind of ridden all through the night. I'm pretty pooped. It wouldn't hurt if we, like, went to an inn first and refreshed, maybe got a little food, and, you know, maybe a nap, but... That's me. You know, if you wanted to then go on, you could. Mm -hmm. But freshening up wouldn't be a bad thing. Especially when you're about to go to a palace. That's right. But Matt's just, no, I got to finish this now. So you go on, Tom. And Tom says, all right, well, I will be at this nice little inn I know about, the Queen's Blessing. And Matt's like, oh, yeah, that place. That is one of the things he kind of remembers. Something about a, a nice fat innkeeper. Being... He even remembers the name. Yeah. What was the name of the fat innkeeper? Master Gill. Mm-hmm. Well, his thought goes to also, and this matches the paranoia he had under the dagger, that's the place where they were free for a little bit. Well... Until that more rain caught up with them there. Yeah, and then, you know, if you want to remember what happened, it's not oh, in the eye of the world. Just go back and reread. <laughs> yep. So they part ways. Tom heads off to the bless in the Queen's Blessing. Matt's pretty sure he can find it again. But he's headed off to the palace, and he's pretty sure he can find that place too. And part of that is because of how the city's laid out. Now again, we're not going into all the descriptions, but Zach, tell us, why can he find the palace fairly easy? Well, the best way to kind of say this is it's designed like a city should be designed. The roads work. <laughs> What? I thought all roads led to Tarvalon. That is incorrect. It's not even correct when you say it's Rome. It's definitely not when Matt says it. Come on, that's a show reference. You didn't catch that? Oh, Zach has not watched the Amazon TV show nearly as much as some of us have. No, apparently. I've definitely not watched the episodes like 17 times or something. Nope, that's not me. Jordo <laughs> dropped it down there. Matt gives a great line in response to that. That's not how roads work. I do not know every episode by heart yet. I'm sorry. (laughs) I know what happens. I don't know the lines. Until you know the lines at Monty Python level, you have not watched the episodes enough. I I think I'm okay with that. I mean, I love them, but like, I can only take so much emotional turmoil. Anyway, you add in, (laughs) not only do the roads work, but you're also looking for a castle on the hill. Like, it literally is a castle on the hill. It stands up above everything else. Now, Zach, you've been to Europe. I have not. Yeah. You've seen some castles from back in the ye olden um, days. So... Are they like this? Neustranstein is actually the castle in Germany that, like, Cinderella's castle is based off of. And it's Mm -hmm. quite literally a castle up on a hill. And from the surrounding town nearby, it's... A decent walk to actually have to get there still, but you can see it around for miles. Yeah. It, it's easy to get there. So he just has to maneuver the roads until he can get to that palace that he sees up at the top of the hill in the center mm-hmm. of the city. And he doesn't have to maneuver yeah. very much because he just kind of walks in a straight line and he'll be there. Now, that's not entirely true. No, but kind of. Because the roads don't go perfectly straight. They contour around the hill. 
but they do kind of continue to work their way into the center. So he's starting out in the newer part of the city, which makes sense, is called the New City, part of Camelin. Passes through a gateway into the inner city. Darn, I thought they were going to call it the old city. No, no, no. RJ had to mix something up here. Eventually, he approaches the palace itself. The palace, uh, he comes to the front gates, and it's across from a big plaza. So this big open area. And as he's riding his horse across the plaza, he's approaching guards. Of course. There are Queen's Guard on duty. Yep. The entrance to the palace is not sitting wide open. Hey, come on in. It's guarded and closed, and he's going to have to explain himself to these guards. But that shouldn't be too hard. I mean, he's got a letter from the daughter heir of Andor, right? Yeah, honestly, guards should be the easiest way. They'll just do what he needs to. They might even deliver things for him. I don't know, but it should make things easy, right? Wrong. Should. So he he comes up and gives a courteous word and greeting to these men. And one of them, the pudgy officer in charge, that's how RJ describes him, pudgy, Mm. kind of implying he's not the most fit of soldiers. He fills out the armor, just not with muscle. He just dismisses Matt as some farmer country boy, not worth his time. He does look dirty. He does. Maybe he should have listened to Tom and cleaned up a little bit. But Matt, you know, nevertheless is like, okay, let me try this again. I do need to get past these guys. So he puts on his best manners. He announces, I've come from Tarvalon, from the White Tower, bearing a letter from... And he gets no further than that. And neither should we for the moment, because gentle giant Jason just jumped on in. Hey there! Good good to to see see ya. Welcome. So he gets interrupted by the officer Mm -hmm. because Matt, without having a clue this would be a problem, led with the wrong words. Yeah. I come from Tarvalon. See, I said it like that for you. You said it the right way for me. That's great. That's not a good start right now when you're approaching the palace in Camelin. Nope. He's told the queen wants no word from the White Tower until the daughter heir is returned. And besides, the officer laughs dismissively at the prospect of someone who looks like Matt, this rumpled countryman peon, actually being a messenger from Tarvalon. You gotta be kidding me. Oh, yo, officer, don't you remember what they say about assuming makes an ass out of you and me? You're just assuming he's a messenger of Tarvalon. He's not. He's just from there right now. Matt is given a choice by these officers, by this officer, these soldiers. One, if he's up to some trick trying to finagle his way into the castle or to get some coin out of them, uh, he'd better just be gone before they toss him in a cell. They're not having any of that. That sounds like a good option. But if he's actually from Tarvalon, return with the message that the daughter heir had better be sent back to Andor before they take her by force. And Matt's kind of ticked, because he was like, I'm delivering a message, and then I'm out of here. Like, I'm not a messenger boy. I just was doing this because it was the way to get out of Tarvalon. If I'm going back, I ain't leaving. <sighs> and then on top of it, as the guy's going off on this, he's just trying to get a word in edgewise to say, no, 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 no. I Okay, you have issues about the daughter heir and, and getting her back from Tarvalon, and yeah, I have a letter from the daughter heir. And he can never even get the words out of his mouth. Yeah, something about looking like country folk. These specific guards don't care. 
Yep, finally Matt loses his patience and says some mm, choice unkind words about the competency of the officer. As he should. Which leads him to need to whip around on the horse and ride out of the plaza before they can drag him off it and throw him into jail. I mean, if you can get arrested just for saying, hey, you look stupid, like, that's not cool. (laughs) Something I do enjoy about Matt, and we're going to get a lot more about this throughout the series. Spoiler light, I won't give examples, but we can certainly say it. We're going to get a lot of his wit, his mouth, just the things that come out. And I, I love the fact, just to paraphrase, the guard basically starts giving him a 10 count. You need to be gone before I get to 10. And Matt's like, you can count that high? Yeah. Matt's <laughs> Not a smart, smart ass, dude, and, but um, that's what comes out of Matt's mouth. That's, that's okay. why we love him. Yep. Well, once he's out of the plaza, out of sight of the guards, he starts chiding himself for his lack of judgment. He's like, you know, if I just led with, Elaine, the daughter of Andor, sends this letter to her mother, Queen Morghese. This probably all would have worked out a lot better. But that didn't come to him. And in fact, how was he supposed to know the Queen and the White Tower are on the outs? He's like, that might have been something important for Elaine to have mentioned, Burner. Yeah. There's a lot of things that would have been important for a lot of people to mention, not just Elaine. But does anyone in the series? Almost never. It's amazing throughout this series how often people don't share things because they figure that person doesn't need to know this and how helpful it would have been. People are really crappy communicators in this series. Mm-hmm. I think we've said it once before. If they actually talked to each other, it would probably be just a three or four book series instead of 15. Maybe five. Yeah. <laughs> but then we'd miss all this delightful goodness. So let's explore it some more. As Matt returns out of the inner city into the new city part of Camelin, Mm -hmm. an idea comes to mind for him of how he can deliver this letter and not have to deal with those guards anymore. Gotcha. He doesn't say what the idea is. I mean, he's thought of it, but it doesn't get printed on the page. So before he goes ahead with this new plan, he figures he should head to Tom again at the Queen's Blessing and kind of reconnect. He gets lost a couple of times. I'm sure he doesn't ask for directions because he's a guy. Mm. But he does finally arrive there, and he rides his horse into the stable yard. Now, we get a chuckle out of Matt's experience here because as he rides in, he sees the stable hand, and this is a memory that clicks to mind for him that this is a guy named Raimi. He basically says, hi, Raimi. Remember me? And Raimi's like, nope. Uh, yeah, no, no, nothing. And then Matt flips a silver coin to him. He snatches the coin out of the air, just like we've talked about before. Stable hands are very good at not dropping coins. If Listen, if you're tossing money, they're going to catch it. <laughs> but then flips on a dime. Raimi's like, oh, silly me. Of course, good sir. I remember you. And Matt's like, yeah, he's so, so full of bullcrap. <laughs> but, you know, coin seems to uh, trigger the, if not the memories, at least the fawning. I don't I think you're thinking of the wrong kind of crap he's full of. Just because he works in a stable yard, it's probably horse crap. You have a point. Matt leaves the stable, enters the inn through the back entrance, which passes through the kitchen. And going there, he greets the cook. And this is someone who actually does remember Matt. That's good. But Matt's a little miffed that it's not for himself. She remembers him. 
Now, this is a test for Zach. Oh, it's a test for me? I don't have it in the notes. Crap. And I'm going to ask him, do you remember why Matt is remembered by this lady? Specifically? Not off the top of my head. She's like, oh, you were that one with that nice young lord, right? Oh, more of the Lord Rand stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's better than what he's going to get out of Master Gill in a moment, though, mm. because he learns from her Tom is with Master Gill in the library, and he goes to join them. And walking into the library, he's struck by just how many books are on display. Now, Matt's seen the library before. Yeah. But it didn't really click for him what he was looking at back in those times. It, he was kind of like very dagger hungover. Yes. Wall to wall, books everywhere. He's like, there's more than 300 books covering these walls. This is amazing. Books on books on books. It points out a leather-bound copy on the table of The Travels of Jane Farstrider, which mm. is a book Rand and Perrin were always talking to Matt about things from. And he's like, yeah, I meant to read that someday. Have you noticed so far, Zach, how many times this particular book keeps popping up oh, in yeah. references? Robert Jordan couldn't be bothered to come up with other books. No, I'm kidding. It's definitely like for a pointed reason. But it's funny to think that it's just lazy. <laughs> that would be and perhaps funny. I actually yeah, have an interesting I, I came thought. up with one good name. I just want to keep using it. I had a thing that I recognized about this that I'm going to probably bring up on Sunday during part of the live stream. All right, very good. I want to reference Jordo's comment in the Discord that it's an amazing coincidence that that book is here when there's no printing press yet. Such a widespread book when each one has to be done manually, I guess. Do we know for a fact there's no printing press? Like, I assume so. I assume you're right, but like... I don't know. We're not that far in, in industrialization yet. So I can't say 100% there's no printing press, but books are described as rare. Remember, Matt's amazed that there's this many books in one place. That aligns well with there not being a printing press. Mm -hmm. Hi, Emmeline. Good to see Glad you. Glad to have you here. All right. So Tom and Basil. Yes. Basil Gill. They're playing a game of stones, and Tom looks up as Matt enters. He's like, oh, you're back already? And this is where we can comment on Basil remembering Matt. Not because he was with that fine young lord. No. But he remembers him as the sick boy. Great. That's another nice thing to be known for. Oh, yeah, you're the sick boy. Yeah, bad news for you, Matt. Nobody really has good memories of you from around the world. Sorry. Yeah, dude, you sucked in the first book. Come on. Let it get through your skull. Oh, wait. He doesn't remember. <laughs> it got through his skull, all right, in and out. Mm, yeah. He actually comments on, really? That, that's all you remember? And he's like, well, no, I remember you left with that eye, so die. And that's not better. It's probably better if I didn't remember that. You know, that's something you don't want to be connected with here in Camelin these days. It's like, ah. Uh... Okay, so so tell me about this a little, because I already ran into this a little when I tried to deliver the letter. What's going on? So we learn a few things here as Basil explains what's happened in Camelin since they were here last. First, Morgaze is still on the warpath that Elaine has disappeared from the White Tower. 
there's no word that she ever heard Elaine had been back in the White Tower for a little bit. What else? Sorry, I got distracted. Dude, I was working right through the notes. You're right. It was an easy one. Tossing <laughs> a softball to you. But the next thing kind of learns, there's a new advisor. Advisor's the word, but mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like they're just advising. There's a man named Lord <laughs> Gabriel. I always like Gabriel. We don't know if there's more than advising going well, on yet. But we know that there's an unusual amount of influence, which seems to yes. be... It seems to be a little stronger than just, like, advising. If you advise and all of your advising gets done, who really made the decision? Some might wonder if advise is a uh, euphemism for other things that are going on. But we don't know anything about that yet. I didn't say that. (laughs) Some of the changes that have happened under the advice of Lord Gabriel so far include replacing half of the Queen's Guard with men of his choosing. And retiring, air quotes, people listening can't see them, but Discord can. Retiring Gareth Bryn, Mm -hmm. who was the former commander of the Queen's Guard and a close advisor of Queen Margais. It's a budget cut. Mm, a little more than that. See, apparently Bryn didn't care for Lord Gabriel, made some choice comments along those lines, getting a little judgy on Gabriel's approach to things, and thus his being retired was not optional. The last thing we know is that the rumor on the street is Morghais may be on the quick path to marrying Lord Gabriel. I don't know what the quick path versus the slow path is, but uh, either way, that means something. Well, I think it's when they decide they're not going to have the full reception, they don't need to order flowers, and there's no mother-in-law involved. Ah, see, I liked Jordo's insinuation that there was a baby on the way. Ow, whoa, whoo, that, that would be the really quick path. When Gil learns that Matt had a letter from Elaine, he's like, oh, does that mean... Good news, like Elaine, Lady Elaine and Lord Gawain will be returning home soon. Well... Inside joke, Lord Gawain returning anywhere is good news. Okay, that's too soon, too soon, spoiler light, but just saying. Matt's pretty sure that isn't the plan. Not quite. Because Elaine is quite set on becoming full Aes Sedai. Now, hearing how Matt's original letter delivery attempt was rebuffed, Basil suggests... Try again this afternoon, after the changing of the guards. Maybe you'll have better luck. You know, just go and be all super polite. Maybe even bow a little, knuckle your forehead for them. Show some respect, and they'll let you through. And Matt's like, uh, no thank you. I'm not doing that for anybody. I'm not about to suck up to some soldiers. I got some respect, man. He tried the nice way, and it didn't work, so he might as well pick up what's little bit left of his dignity and try something else. Yes. So he explains to both Tom and Basil, yeah, I've thought of another way that I can get in that doesn't require going through the guards at all, a way that I've learned you can get into the palace. And in a brilliant moment, the light bulb goes up. There's no light bulbs in this world yet. But nevertheless, a light bulb goes on over Basil Gill's head. Okay. As he's like, you don't mean that one way. Well. So they're both, th- both thinking of something from the eye of the world. 
and we still don't get to hear what it is. I feel like we don't have to be coy about it. I know we're not hearing it, but like he's going to break in by climbing a tree. Technically climbing a wall and then down a tree, but... No, technically it says he doesn't climb the tree at all. But like I looked very carefully because I like, thought he climbed the tree. Well, the tree's on the other not. side. The tree is on the palace side. And he doesn't use it. But the point is, use it. it's the gardens. It's a not great yes. wall. It's not meant to keep people from just hopping it. Matt's going to hop the fence. Gil's like, don't do that. It's like, no, no, I got it all under control. Don't worry. Tom's still a little clueless. He doesn't know this story. He doesn't know what's going on here between the two of them. But Matt, he's set. And he heads out of the room. He tosses a gold coin to Master Gil, saying, please have my things delivered to a room. And as he's walking away, Gil turns to Tom and he's like, how in the world did that rascal come up with gold? Again, his impressions of Matt... This is not a person who would have gold, but we no. know this is a different Matrim Coffin now. Well, this is Matrim Coffin now. The last time, was it really him? Only kinda. The chapter ends with some words that are significant enough I wanted to repeat them verbatim. Okay. Because Matt thinks to himself the answer to Gil's question of how does he come up with gold. And he says to himself, I always win. That's how. I just have to win once more, and I'm done with Elaine. And that's the last of the White Tower for me. Just once more. Any thoughts on that, Zach? You know, I feel like I've heard a lot of people at Vegas saying the exact same thing right before they go broke. Matt, don't push or, that luck. Now, hold on. Sometimes they say that before they go broke. Sometimes they go that before another big win. And therefore, for that reason, they can't stop either. Yeah, then they just keep going it, it it's never just one more the chips are right you can't just have one wow now you're talking about pringles i mean it's tasty and i'm hungry <laughs> chips and you just can't have one absolutely nailed it <laughs> all right this moves us on to our second chapter chapter 46 called a message out of the shadow it picks up right where we've left off matt's returning to the inner city on foot this time and now we learn the plan. So officially, Matt has recalled Rand's story about climbing a wall and falling over it into the palace garden. So Matt plans to replicate the act minus the falling part. Instead, he will uh, fly, not fall with style. No. He will gently drop. And that's exactly what he does. He finds the place. He starts skittering up the wall. He's thinking to himself, you know, they really ought to make better walls if they don't want people climbing over. He thinks like you did, Zach. Okay? Mm -hmm. And at that moment, something distracts him. He slips and he almost falls to his death. And he's like, I maybe should pay a little better attention. But he does then successfully get over the wall. And this is where I was looking for him to climb down a tree. Nope. He just lets himself hang over the other end and drop to the ground. So it's not that high on the other side. Now he's crouching down behind a bush. Get the lay of the land, he hears footsteps, and it's guards. And they go walking by, and they don't notice him, and he's like, yes, my luck has held. He slips through the garden, avoids another pair mm -hmm. of guards, no problem. Soon enough, he's up against the wall of the palace, and he's working his way along it, trying not to be noticed. You know, maybe it's a good thing that Gabriel replaced all these guards with crappier ones, because... Matt's having a really easy time sneaking through. Yeah, yeah. Don't be suspicious. Don't be but, suspicious. But you know, I I don't want to I don't want to ding them so badly though. They're guarding a freaking garden. 
There's no entrance into the garden from the outside. Yeah, so it should be really easy to guard in. That you just walk through. You really don't expect someone to a be there. A garden is very easy to guard in. Yeah, you, you said it twice because you're hoping I'll laugh the second time. Well, I was time. hoping, it was, it was I weak. wasn't sure if you got it or you didn't, so I was going to give you the chance. <laughs> okay, admittedly, I could play this cool, but no, I didn't get it the first time. So See? I did catch it the second time, and then I went, no, it wasn't worthy to catch the first time. So <laughs> I'm just really glad that I was correct that you just didn't get it the first time. <laughs> It's true. Was it it's a true. good joke? Okay. No. A great joke? Definitely not. <laughs> but it's fine. Was it worthy of fantasy for the ages? It is yeah, now. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> so he's working his way now along this wall, looking for a door. There's windows. They're just above his head height, but he figures he could, you know, jump up and climb in. But just on the off chance his luck fails him and someone catches him at that point, he's like, that could be a bad look. Climbing in through a window. Oh, I'm just here on innocent purposes. Uh Mm Uh-huh. Climbing through a window. So he figures I should find a door. But before he can find a door, he has another set of guards coming by. These seem to be going slower. Maybe they saw a suspicious rose. Mm. I don't know. But they're walking slower, and he just freezes right there along the wall, perfectly still. There's not really much to hide behind here. He just has to hope They don't notice him. And he happens to be directly under a window, and the fact that he stopped moving and he has to be perfectly still allows him to hear there's people talking in the room behind him. (gasps) And this is extremely fortuitous. Okay. Now, I have something for you here, because he hears two voices in the room, Mm -hmm. one commanding, and the other one is described as sounding frightened and obsequious. Now, that's a heck of a word. It is. Obsequious. I took it straight from the book. Okay. I want to give you a shot at defining obsequious. Take your best crack at it. Discord, feel free without looking it up. I'm going to go with, it's like overly deferential. Like the, yes, sir, of course, sir. Right away, sir. That's obsequious. It's almost like annoying how much so. I think that's a pretty decent definition. Emlyn seems to join you in that when saying sucking up. <laughs> it's pretty much what you just said. And Jordo throws in saying whatever he needs to say to, say to stay alive. If it works, it works. I am kissing up as much as necessary. I am being obsequious. It really is kind of one of those killer words to have in a spelling bee. I would never have wanted to get that word. Yeah, no thanks. Anyways, sitting there waiting for these guards to go by, he hears them talking about what appears to be Elaine, Nynaeve, and Egwene, and a plan to have them killed. Well, shit. The frightened man keeps referring to the other one as Great Master, and he's the one, the Great Master, who's giving all the orders. Well, that's us. He's learned there are three untrained girls on their way to Tyr, and this might foil the plans of someone who is already in Tyr, someone this guy considers a fool. Then why not let them finish foil the plans? Go for it. Well, there's a reason. We're going to get to that. He asks this obsequious guy about the boy, the one who can destroy them all, and is told, nope, there's no word on whoever that is. The boy who lives. What'd you say? The boy who lives. It's Harry Potter. No. No. (laughs) No. I thought one episode at a time was 
or one episode every like five with a Harry Potter reference was probably enough. And we did it last time. No, so, I'll put no. something in like most episodes, whether you catch it or not. Eh, we'll find out. <laughs> this man in tear is described as far too impatient since regaining his freedom. Okay, that's all really significant. Mm-hmm. Hint, hint. And apparently he wants Kalendor. This great master fears, here's the reason here, he fears the man in Tyr may capture Elaine to try to make use of her, which could frustrate his own plans, so he's sending the obsequious man, Komar, to kill all three of the girls, removing them from the equation. Now, he's sending Komar specifically Mm -hmm. as if he was to, he says, if I was to move on this myself, that other guy in Tyr could see it as a move against him. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to cause such conflict. I need to avoid that perception. Like So, Komar, you go get it done. Like, look, I'm not trying to actually get in your way. I'm just stopping you from getting in my way. Now, Komar's got excuses. He's like, uh, but uh, it's kind of going to be hard. Suck it up. Like, how do I find them for sure? And he just starts making excuses and the great master wants nothing to do with it. He basically yeah. says, get it done or die a slow, painful, horrible death. Yeah. Yeah. You'll wish I'd kill you pretty much. That's how bad it'll be. Now, as Matt's hearing this, he's just going mentally to these guards who are still freaking moving through the garden past him. He's thinking, move, go. Why? Why is he so urgently wanting these guards to get gone? Well, now he wants to go. Well, there's something more to it. He wants to be able to move so he can peek in the window. Mm. He needs to see who's talking. But that's not going to work out because they're done talking. He's just heard a plot against his friends. They're done talking. Well, unfortunately, you are right because the guards do finally move clear and Matt can finally move. So he peeks in the window and there's only one guy there. Now, it's a big, strong, brutal man, and he's sure this must be the great master, but then he hears the guy talk to himself and realizes, oh, no, no, that's the voice of the wimpy guy, which kind of has him thinking, holy crap, what must this great master be like if this muscle-bound behemoth is the one who was all frightened and sucking up? It's okay. The other guy probably wears glasses and can't bench press a feather. He's just really smart. I don't know. He who shall not be named? Maybe he has no nose. Mm. I thought you said no references. Dang it! That one's on you. (laughs) Okay, Matt's now in a to-do. The girls were never specifically named, but it was obvious they were talking about Elaine and the two girls traveling with her. I mentioned Elaine, but it wasn't in the text. Hold up. It it wasn't specifically referenced. What does it mean to be in a to-do like you say you say that like it's a common phrase this is another one of those generational things you don't get it is and i understand by context but it is not a common phrase at least not now discords with me in a difficult spot a to-do see come on You don't have to understand all those things. You must understand instead that I'm 29 years older than you and I have deeper context. So learn from the wizened one. Deeper context, also known as outdated references. Got it. 
okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, the girls, they're in trouble. That's what Matt now knows. So he jumps to the conclusion that he's going to have to do something about this. He's also wondering, what the heck are they doing in Tyr? I mean, he left them in Tarvalon. Mm-hmm. They're on a, he's on a mission for them, and now they've gone to Tyr? I mean, what? All right, so since he's got to do something about this, what does he decide he needs to do now, Zach? Well, he still needs to deliver that letter. Mm-hmm. In fact, that letter then becomes his vehicle to go next level. He needs to use this letter to get access to Elaine's mom and tell her what he overheard. So it's his golden ticket. I mean, before, maybe he could have given it to a guard to deliver, but now he needs to talk to her. Mm-hmm. So, in something I hope they put on the TV show, because it's rather entertaining, but I don't think they will, because this part I'm pretty sure they've skipped com- they're skipping completely over. It's a shame. This is so good. He takes the letter, he holds it out in front of himself, and rushes off after the guards, basically to intentionally get caught, so he can say, I have a letter, I have a letter, take me to the queen. Of course, now he can't find any guards. I've got a golden letter, I've got a golden letter. Now that he wants to get caught nobody's there looking. He seriously searches. This must be a pretty big garden. I didn't have that impression the first time in the eye of the world, but this time he's searching all over this garden and he can't find anything. Have you ever been to any sort of like castles or palaces or anything? Have I? Is that what you said? No. Gardens usually aren't like, like the garden that you plant your vegetables in. It's more like these are the grounds. With hedges and grass places, and it's big. It's big for no good reason, really, except to be big and pretty. That's about it. Okay. Yeah, the only castles I have seen, actually, have been at Disneyland. Okay. Disney World. Okay. And mind you, they both had really big parks around them. Yeah. What about um White and, Castle? And then what? <laughs> I've been to White Castle, that's true. <laughs> That that does not have a garden around it. And then uh, there's one more. Let's see if I can drop it into Discord here. I'm trying, and it's not letting me, unless you can see it. I don't, I don't see, see anything. I don't know what you're talking about. There. It's going in now. I There's a little castle in uh-huh. a park in Worcester, Massachusetts. It's a random castle in the middle of nowhere. Why not? It is surrounded by grass, not a garden. Grass. It's cute. Yeah. We actually feature it on our Facebook page because it's very, fan- not Facebook, our YouTube channel because it looks very fantasy-like. But gotcha. It was a weird, weird find. Those are the only castles I've been to. So, no, I, I don't know this about big gardens around the castle. Needless to say, they are big, usually. Okay, good enough. Now we know that. So, he can't find a way in. <laughs> he can't find any guards. Finally, he's like, Okay, I guess I just have to break down one of these doors and go in. And he's just about to work at this one door when it opens. And ta-da! We have another guard. Hi, guard. And the guard who finds him is like, whoa! And goes to pull his sword. And he's... Matt's got that letter. He's like, I've got a letter from the daughter here and I need to talk to the queen. (laughs) He blurts this all out, the important stuff, right away. And the guy doesn't pull his sword. Well, that's good. It worked. Yay! Not being dead is good. Now, this guard says, well, 
I can deliver that for you, I guess, but, um, how the heck did you get here? What are you doing in a garden? Matt doesn't say this, but I, I know your those... walls suck. <laughs> we'll get to that in just a second. He, he says something important first, though, where he comments on, you know, I know Elber and those guards out front, they really suck, but they wouldn't just let someone in like this and just let them wander. And that's when Matt says, no, I, I climbed over the wall because I tried to go past those guys and they wouldn't let me in, even though I had a letter from the daughter heir. And and so I climbed over the wall. And that's when Talonver Talonvor said the name too early. But that's when the guard says that guard, that bloody garden wall. Yeah, it's the same guard. This is how we learn. It's the same, same guard one. who was called to deal with Rand when he was in the garden. And Galad spread a story about some stranger in the garden potentially putting Elaine in danger. Apparently, this is just the garden guard. <laughs> so we learn here now that this is Guardsman Lieutenant Talonvor. He recognizes Elaine's seal on the letter. Mm -hmm. So he knows, all right, this is legit. This is a real thing. Or at least, like, and that's he killed he says, took it and sealed this. Wait, that's not the assumption he makes. Okay, that's... Dark? Come on. No, he doesn't assume that. So he says, I will deliver it to the queen and get you out of the palace. And this is where Matt then tells a lie, because he has a greater purpose. Mm -hmm. He says, I promise to deliver it into the queen's hand personally. Now, of course, that's so he can tell the queen what he overheard. He believes it has to be told directly to the queen can't trust that to anyone else. Now, Talonvor, at that point, whips his sword out of its sheath right at his neck, holds it there, saying, if you even think of trying anything, your head will be gone before you can hurt the queen. And that's impressive, because it takes some significant skill and strength to do that. As you have detailed for us. Never letting it go. Ad nauseum previously. Okay, so Matt's like, nope, that's all good. I, I mean no harm. I'm a loyal subject of the queen, a loyal Andor man. So off they go. They walk through many different hallways of the castle and eventually arrive in another open courtyard. They're not in a throne room or anything. Nope. And he sees a woman sitting alongside a pool, a man standing at her shoulder, and a whole bunch of sycophants all around. You know, all these servants and lords and ladies all basically attending this woman. So he's pretty clear, okay, that's got to be the queen. But even without the, that context, he looks at her and it's like, this is Elaine, all grown up, mature, fully beautified. So what I'm hearing is the, Matt's the resemblance going, is striking. Elaine's mom has got it going on. Something like that. Pretty much. With a bow, Matt delivers the letter. He announces it comes from the daughter heir from Tarvalon. Scanning the letter, Morgase is clearly not satisfied with the contents. Although the little tag on about Elaine already being raised to accepted, which we heard about when she wrote that, it does have the desired effect that the queen smiles and she it's a nice, pleasant says out loud, you know, oh, she's been raised to accepted already. Yeah. And she shares that information for that man with that man next to her, calling him Gabriel. So we've met the other guy now. Okay, now Matt jumps in at this point and says, My queen, by chance I overheard when Gabriel then cuts him off and says, Be silent, boy. We will hear mm -hmm. what you have to say in a moment. And Matt has no trouble being absolutely...
absolutely silent at that mm-hmm. point. Why would that be, Zach? This is the first time we've heard Gabriel speak, except it's not. This is that great master. This is the individual that was the more intimidating figure. And um, Matt's like, yep, let's not get my head chopped off today. Good plan. That's right. This is clearly that other voice. Oh, crap. The remainder of the chapter flies quickly by. Gabriel takes the letter from Morghese. She's clearly not happy about that, but he does what he wants anyways. And he comments on Elaine's mention of leaving the tower again on Amerlin's seat business. And he questions Matt about this. Do you know where the daughter heir is gone? And now Matt's skill at a lie bears fruit. As he pulls out a delightful yarn, he pulls this right out of his butt. It's great. He says, no, I I only saw the daughter heir that once. Um, My name is Tom Grinwell, and I was only in Tarvalon to see my sister, a a novice named Else. I'm from a little village north of Barillon, and when the Lady Elaine learned I was heading home, she sent this letter along because she knew I'd passed through Camelin, and she gave me a whole gold mark for the trouble. So, like, so many of the things he said have references to true things, but none of them go <laughs> together. Not a single one. Mm-mm. He He spun this baby out of this and that and the other thing, but it's complete nonsense. Morghese asks Tom if Elaine looked well, and he assures the queen that yes, she did. Then Morghese studies Matt deeply for a moment and states that, you know, once you leave a small village, it can be hard to return. You can say that again. And I expect you you will travel far before seeing your home again. But in the chance that you happen to return to Tarvalon, she asks that he pass along a message to Elaine. And this is what she says. What is said in anger is often repented. And she adds the information that she will not remove Elaine from the White Tower before time. And please tell her this, that I often think of my own time there and how much I miss the quiet talks with Sherium in her study. Tell her that I said that, Tom Grinwell. Okay, that last statement about quiet talks with Sherium. Mm-hmm. Being spoiler light is really hard right now. Is it? <laughs> Zach, is there anything we can say about that? Or do we need to wait for the spoiler room at the end of the episode? What do you think? Well, I just, I'm going to ask you a question. And depending on how you answer the question, we'll decide whether or not I can say something. Was Sherry a mas- uh, mistress of, of the novices then? That wasn't yep. really English, but. as f- I don't know that for sure. She's been mistress of novices for some time. It's, ah, there's no way to know for sure. I mean, because the only context we have is the prequel where she wasn't yet. But we don't know when. And somewhere in between that she was. And we don't know when Morghese went. We know Morghese went somewhere in between. So I would say, yes, let's assume she was. Okay. Then if we are assuming that she was... I think it's fair to understand that if it's in Sherium's study, it's not so much a quiet talk as it is a spanking. Mm-hmm. And, um... And she misses those quiet talks? She wants that message sent to Elaine? Yeah, that's interesting. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna take you off the hook here, because we're gonna get a little more into this in the next chapter. And, and then we can talk a little more freely. So maybe I shouldn't have let you wriggle so Okay, because I've got, like, I've got places <laughs> I can go, but I've got places I 
could go that I think you want me to go. And I'm like, those are not always the same thing. Uh, no, no. We have found that we can read each other's minds sometimes, but there tends to be about three decades of interference. And so sometimes we get Here's it wrong. We can read each other's minds, but don't try to project and predict what my mind is going to be. Because then we'll get it wrong. I, I try to read your mind sometimes, but it, it's it's too scary. That's fair. <laughs> it is a scary place up here. All right. Matt assures the queen that he really does need to get back home. He has to help his da with the farm and the milking. And Gabriel laughs and says, perhaps Tom should see something of the world before it changes. Okay, that's a meaningful statement. Spoiler light. Not going to tell you why. And he tosses Matt a purse of coins. And he says, if Elaine can give you a gold mark for carrying your letter, I will give you 10 for bringing it safely. Well. And with that, Matt, Matt is dismissed. He may not have been able to relay information about, you know, potential murder plots, but he made some money. He did. And as Talonvor is leading Matt away, he overhears them starting into a new conversation where it's something about Gabriel saying Morgays should move forward with her claim to the Sun Throne. And, I mean, perhaps it's time to finally take action. What is that about? Do we know what throne is called the Sun Throne yet? Like, I do, but I don't know if we do. I believe it was mentioned in The Great Hunt. Right. So, Sun Throne Kyrian. There's a civil war, and maybe there's plans to annex a kingdom? What would Morgase's connection to it, her claim, be? Well, well in my we brain, know she was married to someone from Kyrian. Married to a Damadred, which we know is connected to Kyrian, and their noble houses at some point, relatively well mm-hmm. in line to the thrones. Yeah. So it's like a loose marriage thing. Right. I mean, that guy's dead, but there's some Still connection. there. Still legally binding. Okay. As Talonvor then has led Matt away, we get to chapter 47, which is our last chapter <gasps> today. Woohoo! And it's called To Race the Shadow. That doesn't sound ominous at all. It's a direct continuation. Talonvor is leading Matt all the way through to the front of the palace mm-hmm. now, and, and we're going to head out the gates. Matt is sweating a bit here now because he can't figure out in his mind, did Gabriel figure out Matt was lying through his mm-hmm. butt? Or not. Does he know that I know? Does he know Does... that I know that he knows that I know? That's right. Does he somehow know I overheard the conversation earlier and I know he's the bad guy? I mean, he doesn't know. So he feels like at any moment some dagger could come flying out of the dark and take him out. And yet he also feels he needs to keep up appearances. So he's walking only at the same steady pace that Talonvor is, even though every bone in his body was to run. But that looks suspicious. Not doing that. They exit the palace, and Talonvor escorts him past the guards. And look at that. The one in charge is still that beep who was in charge before. What a chit. Elber. And Talonvor, he's awesome at this moment. Because he announces in a nice, clear voice, This man delivered a letter to the queen from the daughter heir. It's a good thing that Morgase and Gabriel don't know you tried to keep that from them, Elber. And Elber turns white as a sheet, is clearly terrified, and is not giving Matt any more trouble. Matt begins to walk across the plaza then, mm-hmm. getting away from the gate, and he's surprised to notice Talonvor's still there. He's still walking with him, and he's like, uh, okay, did I misread this? 
Is this actually Gabriel's guy, after all? Are you just walking me out here to be murdered? Uh, Am I about to die in an alley? But then the young officer speaks up, and he asks how long Matt, or Tom, as he claimed to be, had actually spent in the White Tower. Was it long enough to learn much? Oh, no, not not really. No, really. Yeah, I was just there three days just to visit with my sister else. Mm -hmm. But Talonvor pushes a bit, and here we get to the crux now. He's like, surely you must have heard some things. I mean, who is this Sherium? Does does talking to her in her study mean anything? So, okay, yes, let's talk about this, Zach. What do we know about Sherium? What position is she again? She is the mistress of novices. And the queen was a novice in the White Tower. She trained. She never had a shot to go beyond novice. But that means she was under Sherium. Okay. And when people go to visit the Mistress of Novices, and they are a novice, it's for one purpose and one purpose only. What is that reason? In the nicest way possible, they get their ass beat. I believe you said it more tactfully in the past. You get a slipper. Ah. (laughs) But yes, it means that other thing you just said. Or as Gentle Giant Jason just Put in the meme, which is going strong in Discord as all. It's a very effective depiction. Yes, yes, that's it. Bam, 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 bam. Okay. It reminds me, I I served with a principal when I was a teacher back in the day who had a board of education hanging in his office. It was a big old paddle. The most ominous part was it had a crack through it, as if it had been well used. He never used it. It looked like it, to but the no, best of my no, knowledge. He never used it. Wait a second, Emmelyn. I I don't know what that means. She says, is is it still a thing to get a slipper now or just a fond memory? I'm like, okay, what kind of things are we talking about now? <laughs> oh, Jordo knows the leather belt. I got the wooden spoon, my friends. The wooden spoon. And if it was really bad, it was the plastic spatula. That stings. See... I was spared the rod, so apparently I've been spoiled. Indeed. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I sense with everyone else in Discord, I could have ongoing conversations of all the physical punishments that were done to us as children, and Zach, you just can't connect. Well, I mean, for a time, you went to a Catholic I school. I did. I got the ruler. Ruler on the knuckles, man. That's not fun. This gives the impression I was a really bad child. I was not. I was not. <laughs> but anyways... We diverge. <laughs> so, okay, he's been given a message to give to Elaine that Morgase mm-hmm. misses those quiet conversations with Sherium. Okay, that's a little odd. Mm-hmm. Talonvor, this is what he's wanting to know because he's like, sometimes it seems like Morgase is trying to say something, but I don't know what. And perhaps she's trying to say See, something. The problem here. is it's code and you don't have the cipher, no, my friend. No. This conversation is not doing anything productive for Talonvor. Finally, he gives Matt a sharp look, and he asks, Are you truly a loyal Andor man? Anderman? We could say it that way. Anderman? Anyways, Matt says, Of course I am. I don't know. And then thinks to himself, You know, if I say that enough times, I might actually start believing it. Because he's not. He didn't even know. Right? He didn't... uh, The Two Rivers? He's part of Andor. Heavy air quotes. And he learned that only in book one. (laughs) Mm-hmm. It's been some time, but he forgot most of it. But then so. Matt turns this back around and says, what about you? Do you serve Morgase and Gabriel loyally? 
Ooh, wrong Whoa. words. Okay, you should have stopped like halfway through that statement or just not asked it. <laughs> Sorry, uh, the Discord just con- just distracted me. Emma's field is a queen. Jordo says Canada has a queen, apparently. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, apparently. apparently. Yeah, that was good. Okay. Anyways, there, there's there's parallels. Yeah, so Talonvor, yeah. Big fan of Morghese. Not a big fan of Gabriel. We get that pretty clearly here now. Talonvor is out. Heads back to the palace. Matt is free. Ha! <sighs> Sense of relief. Now, he'd been thinking, I'm going to deliver this letter, and I can go gambling and live the good life, but that is not where his mind is now, is it? No, he kind of went to go deliver the letter and now found out that there's a plot to go kill those three in Tyr, and he's the only one who knows about it, and why does he always have to be a hero? He doesn't want to be a hero. no bloody hero! So, he's got to get to Tyr to save those fool women. He takes off running for the Queen's Blessing, and once he gets there, goes back to the library, and look at that, Tom and Basil still playing the Game of Stones. He shares with them. It might be a different game. It could be. I get the impression it wasn't. A few more drinks I don't in. think people play stones all that fast. It's kind of like chess. He shares, I won't be staying after all, just long enough for a meal, and then I'm off for tear. And, and then he pumps Master Gill for more knowledge about this Gabriel. And we learn, well, he came out of the West just this past winter, perhaps from the mountains, maybe even the two rivers. And Matt responds, we have no lords in the two rivers. Ha. <laughs> Any comment on that, Matt? Yeah. Uh, on, on that, Zach? I'm apparently now Matt. <laughs> I know. That's I've okay. called you Ran and I've um, called you Matt. When will I call you Pat and Fame? I, I thought you were going to go with Perrin and I was going to make some comment about when my facial hair grows like yours. <laughs> but, uh, nah. Really, anyone coming out of the two rivers is laughable. Anyone that they wouldn't know, even more so. And anyone who's a lord, well, now you've just gone way out of laughable and into impossible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there'll never be a lord in the two rivers. No. Okay, so what else do we know here? Well, uh, we know that I have to find where I am in my notes, because I got distracted by Discord again. <laughs> it's right after the big bold thing. Ah, thank you. That was very helpful. Gabriel arrived while Morghese was in Tarvalon with that first carfuffle that uh, Elaine had gone missing. And Camelin had been kind of in an uproar. There were riots between those supporting the queen and those hoping she wouldn't bother to come back. They heard riots in the street. Well, when Gabriel arrived, he took the lead in those who supported Morghese and put down those riots. By the time she gets back, order's restored. Gareth Bryn, he didn't care for Gabriel's methods. We don't get much more detail than that, but apparently he was a little hard on the rioters. Morghese, though, she doesn't care. She's just, ah, everything's wonderful again. So she appoints Gabriel to Elida Sadai's former position because, again, she wouldn't let Elida come back. She's ticked at the eyes Sedai. Matt questions a little further, trying to figure out, okay, that's great information and all, but what does Gabriel really want? Mm -hmm. And we learn the following. There is no path by which he can become a king. Why not? Gotcha. Well, because this is a whole mess where he can marry the queen, but that doesn't make him a king, and he doesn't rule if she dies. In fact, if she dies, 
Well, Elaine would be queen. And, well, if, if Elaine also died, well, someone else would just be queen. See, Andor is a monarchy, but it's a queendom, not a kingdom. Mm-hmm. The best Gabriel could become would be Prince Consort. No such thing as a king of Andor, ever. So, okay, Matt's kind of processing. There's no way he becomes king. So what the heck is he doing? Who knows? Master Gil, we also learn, doesn't care for the type of men Gabriel has been bringing into the Queen's Guard. So he he has been using his influence to change the character of things. There's a deep game going on of some kind. He also notes there's too much people muttering in corners since Gabriel came. So the riots may have gone away, Mm. but there's a general ugliness coming to Andor. Since it's becoming too much like Kyrie. Now people just plot secretly. Playing the game of houses. That's not how Andor typically did things, but it seems to be more and more so now. Nothing he learns seems super helpful to Matt. Gil finally asks, what's driving these questions? What, where's this coming from? And Matt reveals what he overheard, that knowledge that Gabriel wants Elaine dead, and has ordered some bloke named Komar to see it done. And while Tom and Basil are initially like, what? As Matt gives the details of what he overheard, they are convinced. Mm-hmm. The, the biggest piece of that is Komar. That's a name that's recognized. Lord Komar is one of the guys who's aligned himself with Gabriel, is someone who fits the description Matt said, and and really isn't a very nice guy. Mm-hmm. Used to be one of the most skilled and talented people in the Queen's Guard. He's very good with a sword, but he's not a good but, guy. Nah. So it was probably a good call that Matt like didn't say anything, <laughs> right? Yeah. Probably not good. So now it's like what do we do? Tom, you know, he accedes. It was probably a good call that you didn't tell Morgase about what you'd heard with Gabriel standing right there. She, knowing how she feels about Gabriel and you being a complete stranger, yeah, you probably would have lost your head. The moment you insult him, you lose your head. Yeah. And Gil does note, yeah, Tom, you would know more about Morgase's temper than most people. Why is that again, Zach? I don't know. Something about being uh, thrown out of Camelin, and if he ever sets foot in it again, he'll be murdered. But, you know, it's fine. <laughs> it's not murder if it's a royal decree. It's execution. That's right. It's fully endorsed. Gil notes that, okay, I've got to do something about this. I've got to help the queen. You weren't able to get the message to her, but i got to do something. I'm a loyal queen's man. And Tom suggests... Rumor. Rumor has it. Rumor. Rumor. Yeah, we're on the same song. Once you start a good rumor, it spreads. And Morgays, mm-hmm. she'll hear the rumor. Once it spreads wide enough, she'll hear what people are saying, and that will give her a reason to suspect something might be going on, and she'll investigate Gabriel more closely, and then... Everything should come out into the open because she is one smart woman. She just needs an excuse to be sus. I love the way it's described that eventually Gabriel should end up with a most elaborate funeral. He has confidence Morgase will do the right thing. Gil, he's like, Tom and your game of houses. 
But yeah, you're probably right. All right, I will get it started. I will make it so. Just because it's dis- despicable does not mean it won't work. Matt is surprised at how calmly Tom seems to be taking all this in. He's like, don't you love Morgase? I mean, wasn't she the great love of your life? And Tom acknowledges. Yeah, but that was a while ago. And honestly, since I've been here in Camelin now, today, and hearing all this, I'm not feeling what I used to feel. The love has faded. I mean, I think I'm still fond of Morgase, but I'm definitely over her. Yeah. It's who I was, not who I am. More, I'm feeling fondness for those three girls that are now threatened. So tell you what, if you're heading to Tear, I will go with you. Let's just get a quick meal, and, and then we'll we'll be off for Erangil. We'll head to Erangil again, because that's the fastest way. We'll get a ship, we'll head on down to Tear. Alrighty then. The chapter ends with Matt tossing the bag of coins he got from Gabriel to Master Gil, asking that he hold on to them. They're the stakes of a wager he now has with Lord Gabriel, who doesn't even know we are betting against each other. And he dramatically tosses dice out of a wooden cup nearby, which drop as five sixes and says, and I always win. Okay, but depending on what dice or game you're playing, that could either be like the best winning toss or the worst losing toss, probably. I'm going with Yahtzee this time. I think that's how Matt feels. I'm going with dice always leave open during interpretation. (laughs) It could go either way. And so we don't really know. He's definitely implying it's a win. And we we won't know more today because that's where our Wheel of Time content draws to a close. (gasps) We will pick it up soon. We only have about a month left before we finish this book we're we're drawn to the final sections of it uh we will have a special episode coming up in early january with a number of guests Mm -hmm. who are going to come on to celebrate and talk about the book as a whole more to come on that soon but uh just a few more episodes we'll be done Uh, good stuff and i look forward to spoiling this wonderfully in a couple of ways in a little bit but before we move to that section we do have a question from our ask zach and jim channel of the discord server yes and this one today might be a little tricky it comes from jordo assuming your own personal survival what okay. event or three in science fiction and fantasy would you want to witness be a fly on the wall for as if you were an extra character in the immediate background. So basically, you don't have to sign the disclaimer about your life being in peril. You will be able to survive this. Cool. What comes to mind that you would definitely, yeah, that's what I'd want to see. That would be freaking awesome. Anything jump to mind? Yes, but I'm not sure if I'm allowed to talk about it without going to the spoiler room. (laughs) Oh, no. Okay, so it clearly can't be from the Wheel of Time, then, to answer this question right now. (laughs) Even if it's not from the Wheel of Time, isn't this, like, massive spoiler territory? Oh. Okay, what what series would it come from? Okay, well, there's a couple in Wheel of Time that I would definitely put in there. Um, And I'm just going to throw... I think it's safe to talk about this one because it's really early on. The general destruction that we see in the prologue... Of the beginning of the Broken Earth series. Oh, that's the one I was gonna say. Oh man, you I just think it's stole really mine. interesting in the way it's described. It would be really cool to see dude, without 
having to be affected yet that part i did (sighs) i've read that part you read only the prologue no series where i read the whole trilogy i've read like the first and you stole it (laughs) 10 to 12 chapters or something oh man Okay, well, I'm going to put it out there that that was one thing that I would definitely love to see, that whole rift and how that happens. I mean, wow, that's cool. Now i got to try to think of another one. Gull dang. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you had, a, you had a few things, though. What else? What else comes to mind? Well, in a similar way, LTT drawing down the one power on him, f- making Dragon Mount was another one of those mm-hmm. big cataclysmic things that would be fun to see and then a lot of like big battle type things or i think yes this is massive spoil but i think it's a massive spoil that everyone ought to know at this point kind of tail end lord of the rings sauron actually being destroyed and mordorm basically swallowing itself that's pretty cool see the problem with you giving me room to keep naming things is I'm going to keep taking things that you're thinking of. I'll I'll back up, though. I would love to see the Battle of Pelennor Fields. You know, we get to see it pretty epically portrayed on the screen, but it's not quite perfect. You know, it's pretty cool. But to be there, to experience it, but have no danger to myself, that would be cool. Um, I I could definitely enjoy that. I will say... I mean, enjoy is a weird word there, but... Yeah. My personal number one actually is at the end of like book nine or ten of the wheel of time it's a very pivotal thing and i can't say what it is in this moment no but no, you can't i know if what you've read that about. you know you know now i i will pull one from wheel of time and it's just a an epic moment near the end of book six I shall say no more, but if you've read the series, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about. It's something about I'll a well. throw one word in, meat grinder. So if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Anyways, there's some good ideas there. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Emmeline's 25% into that book. Yes, you have stuff coming, my friend. You do. It's going to be awesome. All right. That book is one of my favorite in the series. So, With that, we're coming yeah. to a close on this episode. So before we head off into the spoiler room, just throwing out there, if you want to connect with us, find us on social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or follow with the links in the show notes or in any of the episode descriptions to get to our Discord page where you can join the conversation with us and other people who listen to Fantasy for the Ages. If you want to support us in uh, an actual financial way, Check out our Patreon. You'll find the links there as well. And you can even join us live like our patrons are right now. Or check yep. out our meat, our merch shop. Yes, not our meat shop. You our can check shop. out our meat shop, but nothing will be there. We should probably add more to our merch shop at some point. So if fans have stuff they'd like to have, you know, like, like that t-shirt that says we're not that kind of podcast. You know, if you want stuff out there, let us know. And we might be able to put that off. All right. If you're a first-time reader, this is the time you turn off the podcast because we're going to move on into the spoiler room. Thanks for being here, and we'll talk to you next time. But now... The Spoiler Room.
we need to roll a die and decide who gets to spoil what first. It's probably going to be you this time because well, you're just stealing everything from I'm gonna me today. I'm going to actually so. try to go, be able to go first on the spoiler room by having Rachel roll for me. Oh. Because she rolls roll better than die. I do, at least. I, I got always a 16 again. That's the same thing I had last week. 16. So she doesn't have a good chance. You won. That bad? No, it was it was a 10. It was still better than I would have rolled. Oh, it's reasonable. That's that's true. Double All digits right. at least. Alright, so I'm gonna I'm gonna just simply dive full deep into I mean there's a lot we could spoil here, but I'm yeah. I'm gonna spoil more specifically this bit about what's going on with Morgase. Okay. And the plea for help. Okay. Okay. She is already under compulsion from Lord Gabriel, who is uh, yep. the friggin' Forsaken Ravine. And it's early on, it's gonna get much worse, but his influence is not that he's just so charismatic. It's that he's using the one power on her, and he's causing her to just kind of do whatever he wants. But she is... I mean, the best parallel from the Star Wars universe is she's kind of like no it's not the best parallel force sensitive comes to my mind but she's more than that you know she can touch the one power she mm-hmm. can't do much at all but she can touch it she can channel just a teeny bit and i think that gives her more resistance over the compulsion than a typical person would have see my brain Therefore, was even more though she's going... being sorry keep going even though she's being swayed by Gabriel, she knows something's wrong. She shouldn't be able to know something's wrong, but she does. So the fact that she tries to send a message to Elaine here with this wacko thing about loving these quiet times visiting Sherium is a plea for help in a way that Gabriel won't understand. She might not even know she's trying to send a message. But she does, subconsciously at least. That's what's going on there. I always thought it was more of a strength of will kind of thing. It's not channelers or not non-channelers or something with compulsion, but rather how strong is your will. And I think I have... We're in the spoiler room. I could say this. I think Perrin is a great example of this because he can't channel, but he shatters through compulsion at the end of A Memory of Light. He yes, shatters through compulsion in Teleron Riyadh. Yes. However, that makes a big difference. It doesn't feel like he's necessarily doing any Wolfie Dream things. Yes, it is a whole mess of different things. And I think there are some other things here and there that show this. But there are characters who can't wield the power. Who are able to, in some ways, at least resist compulsion. I don't think it's purely I, a power-related thing. I disagree. I completely disagree with you on this one. Because what we see in from Perrin in Teleron Riyadh is because the one power doesn't mean squat in Teleron Riyadh, really. It's all a dream. So while people who can channel, they can still channel there, it can be undone completely with the power of the mind which does have to do with your strength of will, for sure. And your understanding of self, your ability to control your surroundings. But that has no bearing on the real world. And, and yet the he real doesn't world, undo it. He cries after he kills her because he feels terrible because he's still compelled 
he was just able to force of will hold on to his wife enough to get through that. But it should have been impossible to undo it. Should have. That's really my point. Um, and in the real world, I think it would be for a normal non-channeler. But Morghese has some power and therefore can. That's my spoilage. You get to disagree. I don't think it's power related, personally. I I so, only see Jordo commenting here, so I'm not sure people know for sure either in Discord. There so is dissension here. My quick spoil here is going to be also more gaze related. But not really, because we give a lot of time and effort to more gaze. I want to throw out some Talonvor love, because he deserves it. That man is loyal to no faults. He does not make no, faults. No, not no, really. no, no. Loyal is an Ogier. You're confused. The show said loyal. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it bothered me. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, Talonvor. All right, go on. Sticks by Morgays through thick and thin throughout the entire series through things that I'm not choosing to spoil in this spoiler room, even though we all potentially already know it. Uh, but rather sticks around long enough that he's one of the few people to actually go from a love interest to marriage like she actually marries him it's true they practically have to be forced to it but for no reason other than love really young talent he deserves more respect we'll have much to talk about that later okay fair enough does that cover it for you then you're good I'm, i'm good all right well i'm good Discord, you're good, right? Look at that. Jordo says, great episode. They're good. All right. Thanks, everybody, for being here. We will talk to you next time.